Good afternoon, gentlemen. Here's your menus. And welcome to Diner Discussions. You are listening to Diner Discussions. What's up, everybody? My name's Josh. My name's Aaron. And on the phone today, we have Miss Maddie. Hi, everyone. So, Maddie, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, I am an indie author. I'm based out of Oklahoma here. And I'm married. I have one little boy and a group of rescued pets. I have three cats and two dogs now. Had four at the start of the year, but we lost two kind of early on. And I write in fantasy, romance, and paranormal genres. I have a series. The fourth book in the series will be out next month. And then I have one standalone novel and several short stories. Um, we're pretty easygoing person, fun personality, and I enjoy writing and creating stories for people to escape in. That's awesome. So, how does yeah. one how does one get started? Like, how did you get started in um, writing? Like, has this been a passion of yours forever, or is it something that you just picked up? Or I actually started writing stories as a kid, but I kind of got away from it. School kind of took over. I was one of those, I was active in like everything. My mom was like, oh, here, you want to do this? We'll do this too. And um, so I read a little bit as a kid, got away from it. I've always been a very avid reader, a couple books a week, still read a couple books a week. But when I was pregnant, I decided I was going to sit back down and work on the story idea I had. And I kind of just learned as I went and like looked into publishing traditionally and then indie publishing which indie publishing, by the way, is independent publishing. I do all the work. I'd go through and publish it through places like Amazon. And then traditional publishing is just a regular, regular outlet of publishing where you send in your manuscript. They either approve it, don't approve it, give you an offer, don't give you an offer. Um, tried that route, got a couple of rejections, and decided to go with the indie publishing and went from there. Yeah. So, um, Kind of tell us about how it felt to, like, get that rejection letter, your first one. Like, was it devastating, um, or were you kind of expecting it? Was, it, or... <laughs> it sucked. <laughs> um, and I don't know why I put myself through, like, another one after that. But I, I honestly was going to keep going with that path. But I had a friend that was looking into doing indie publishing. And I was like, you know what? She looks like she's doing really good with it. I'll check it out. And I'm really glad I went for it because, yeah, it still has some hang-ups and there's some hard stuff with it but it's really you're in control of everything yeah. you get to share what you want to write without anybody completely just upending your story and making it their own yeah. and i have a great editor that lets me keep my voice with all my books so who were your main influences in writing um one of them is my english teacher i've known her since Oh, I was like maybe seven or eight. She was a friend of the family. Um, she helped me with speeches and stuff in high school and encouraged me to continue reading and reach out and to, and to utilize my writing skills for other things. Um, and then another one was a lady I met who actually does traditional publishing. She writes for traditional publishers. And she really encouraged me to go ahead and try to do the whole book thing. Mm -hmm. So they were my biggest influences, I'd say. Yeah, that's, I don't know. I feel like that 
you know, the people that inspired me are just your normal people. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh says it. Josh says it's him. But yeah. anyways, I'm a big influence on yeah. Aaron's life. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny how the people like that influence you just completely can set you off on a path that they have no idea that they're doing. You know, and um, it becomes kind of like your not obsession, but like your passion. Kind oh of, yeah, I think that's beautiful. It is. It really is, and it's life changing. Mm-hmm. And and it's funny because you know, like, you never know who you're influencing right now. <laughs> Again, Josh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so how do you like when you like describe your writing process? Like how how do you start out? You're like, I'm gonna write a book. How do you start? Oh well, I am definitely like fine tuned it a little bit from when I first started. Mm-hmm. When I- my first story, I kind of just went with it, came up with the characters, and just started putting the story that was in my head down. Um, and then I got through with book one, got ready to write book two, and I was like, crap, I have to go back and look to see how I described everybody. So now I'm actually starting a new series. I don't have a working title yet. Um, it's just under the main, I'm just calling it by Ember under the main character. But I've gone through and I created character images and like descriptions like made up a whole list of different characters um what their magical abilities are going to be who their family members are i did all of that in a excel document Mm -hmm. and now i'm kind of using those names as i continue like as i start the story that's cool that's almost like um writing a a magic story or something like that like yeah Um, dnd yeah yeah, it's very similar, and I've actually got a friend of mine who's very much a and d player. Him and my husband, they both play. Um, <laughs> he wants me to help him work on a book and get it started. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So how, like, what's the creative process for coming up with your characters' names? Oh, that is a hard <laughs> one. So some of them, I just kind of come off the top of my head, like, oh, this sounds like a good name, or I'll go and do some research behind the name. I did a short story. It was a retelling of Red Riding Hood that I'm submitting to um, be part of a collaboration with a traditional publisher. And I actually researched their names to mean Seawolf and Wolf of the Forest, I think, was the other one. But I wanted to make sure that if somebody were to look them up, they'd be like, oh, this author really put thought into these characters' names. This yeah. character's related to the storyline in this way and this one's in this way. And I don't always do that, but I've found that I do that more often now than I did before. It's um, it's pretty crazy how in-depth uh, fans become, like, little, they search every little detail, kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, in film and books, especially. Like, I mean, um, like, the Tolkien, you know, he, he has people that have, like the whole lore of the that world that he's created, you know, is chapter yeah. books and chapter yeah. chapter books full of just the background stories and stuff. That's just amazing. And that's kind of why I started doing this with my characters. And like, I have in the Excel sheet, I put a little bit of backstory on them. So there is kind of like with some of them, like the, basically like the lore of where their powers come from or where their family's powers come from and that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's so cool. My my uh, I have a friend that 
that was talking to somebody. He interviewed somebody that was an author. I can't remember their name, but he just said that uh, when he asked him about, you know, like how he comes up with names, he said um, that they're, they have a life. Like each character has this whole world that they live in and you're just seeing a snapshot of it, but he, he designed the whole thing that you'll, you know, may or may not see later. And I just thought that was really neat. Yeah. And I mean, it helps with the story process and putting it down on paper to do that. Mm-hmm. Cause then you're like, Oh, Hey, we can introduce this aspect of like their childhood or we're bringing this friend that was mentioned being a friend in the past growing up and stuff like that. That's really in depth. I like that. That's cool. Yeah. So when I started a book years ago, um, that I still haven't completed, uh, I, my wife got mad cause I was putting sticky notes on my wall, like for the <laughs> timeline and everything of everything <laughs> in our bedroom. So hey, uh, that's an easy way to do it. I have sticky <laughs> notes all over my house, not just for like book stuff, but like, Oh, here's a recipe. I'm going to write it down on the sticky note. I can make this for dinner. <laughs> yeah. She was like, I, can't you just write all that down in like a book? I'm like, it's not the same. Like, this is how I visualize it. <laughs> it had that linear view. Yeah. Yeah. I still find um, notes and stuff from, you know, books I wrote as a kid or, or was started. I usually got past like chapter three and that was about it. I will tell you, it's a lot of like, you have to put a lot of dedication and work into it. getting it started or finishing the book. You have the idea in your head and you can easily see it, mm-hmm. but making it make sense and continue to keep readers' interest from like chapter two to the end, mm-hmm. that can be tough because there's times where you just want to beat your head against the wall. Like, <laughs> why is the storyline not working for me? <laughs> so, like, when, when I was writing, um, I knew how, like, or the end that I wanted, I knew like the you know, the very ending, I knew kind of how it was going to play out. I knew how my characters would talk and how they looked, but, um, getting from point A to point B was my biggest problem. Um, for like other people that's out there like that, what, what's a solution or what's a suggestion you have for that problem? So a lot of times when I get to that point where I'm like, okay, how am I going to tie this together? I have to step away from it and just like, let it kind of hover in my mind. And then the idea kind of transitions itself. And um, sometimes I'll go and read a book and then something in the book will happen and be like, oh, that would be like a great idea for my storyline. I can just change it up to it, this, this, and this. And then I'll come and plug it in and it continues to help me move forward. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's genuine inspiration. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so um, when you decided that you were going to be an author, um, did your family like support that? Were they shocked at all uh no they were actually really behind it i guess because i have been such an avid reader mm-hmm. um i remember the first time i stayed up i pulled an all-nighter to finish the book because i couldn't put it down in high school and my mom's always been a reader yeah um so they were actually really i mean they were kind of surprised that i went ahead and did the indie publishing instead of continuing to push for a traditional publisher but they've totally got on board since then. And my mom actually, anytime I finish the book, if I get a proof in, she's like, I'm just going to take this home with me so I can read it. I'm like, this is the only copy I have. You've got to wait. Yeah, that's hilarious. 
So what was the book that you stayed up for for the alt-nighter, your first alt-nighter? Oh, people are totally <laughs> going to make fun of me for this. But no. I, the first, oh, yeah. <laughs> Twilight fans, not so much. But <laughs> it was Breaking Dawn. Mm. I read it, stayed up. I was supposed to go on a judging trip the next day. <laughs> and, oh, my ag teacher was so mad at me because it was a livestock judging contest. I think it was in Tulsa we were supposed to go to. Oh, and... I couldn't stop reading the book. <laughs> so I just stayed up because we were going to have to leave at 3 a.m. And it was like, yeah, I'll just stay up and read and sleep on the way there. Did not sleep on the way there. I finished the book on the way there. Yeah. I have no idea how I made it through that judging contest, but I did terribly. My <laughs> <laughs> teacher was furious. But I slept on the way home and slept that night. And I was done with the series. That's so funny. I had a, a girlfriend. I was, I think, a senior in high school, um, mm-hmm. and she was reading. I think she was almost done, and then um, she pushed me to read. She was like, okay, you have to read this new series. Well, oh at the time, it was just finishing up, so it wasn't really new, but it was new to me. And she's like, mm-hmm. you have to read it. Like It's like this epic you know, love story, and uh, there's werewolves and vampires. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. So I read yeah. Eclipse, I mean uh, Twilight, and then... Um, as I was reading Eclipse, she I caught her staring at me, just like I guess waiting to see my reaction, and it was so, so funny. That's so creepy. <laughs> it was like super awkward but hilarious at the same I time. I totally do that to my husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ended up going to I think all of them, but the last movie. I think we waited mm-hmm. in line, and so um, it's it's got a special place in my heart. Those movies and books. Yeah, they were all the rage for a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, um, now uh, they kind of have, you know, everything to do with who's Batman right now. So, I mean, without Twilight, we wouldn't get the new Batman. Yeah. That is true. <laughs> Robert Pattinson's, you know, uh, at least, you know, by the previews, he's killing it. Yeah. I almost said Robert oh, Paulson, yeah. but that's that's Fight Club. That's <laughs> yeah. not even better. <laughs> I've seen a couple of memes that were Twilight related that said something about vampires really do turn into bats. And they yeah. show, like, a picture of him from Twilight. Oh, that's hilarious. A picture from him from the scenes of Batman. I'm like, yeah, I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the pandemic really helped me kind of get back into the reading swing. Um, because before that I probably read mm, 10 books a year for the last three years. And last year I read 90, like 95, I think was my last number. That's That's the most I've read since like fifth grade. So yeah. (laughs) But wow. Yeah. I, I was all for it. I, my, my daughter, my oldest, she's, 13 and she has um I, we just she's been begging me for like the last month to like build her a shelf and uh finally got them up and she put too many books on them and oh, they no. pulled out of the wall even oh, with no. the anchors so i was like okay oh, no. <laughs> so, so obviously you know she's comes by it pretty honest that's good um i'm not allowed to buy any more books until i at least read like five <laughs> or six of the ones we have I got told that, and I got a box of books in the mail <laughs> two days ago. And then my mom sent me back with all the books. Oh, okay, not all the books. It was a big box of books that were on my bookshelf in high school that I thought disappeared. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we we just got 
I think it was two tubs of all the books that were in my library when I was a kid growing up. And um, my oldest went through them and got what she wanted. And then the younger two got, like, I think it was, like, Captain Underpants and, like, the smaller books. But um, Those were such fun books. Yeah, they were. <laughs> and uh, then they, you know, the rest of them, I think we just took the half-price books. But it was, each book was, like, a memory, you know? Yeah. That was a lot of fun pulling them out of the, dusting them off and being like, oh, I know, I remember exactly when I read this in my life. Like, it was like a little, like, carved out space in my brain. Yep. So, um, do you remember the first book that ever made you cry? Oh. Oh, gosh. I can't remember the name of it, but it was about a little girl being the best soul in Oklahoma. And it stuck with me because she ended up, like, her family ended up dying. And it just ended up being, like, her dad and her, they finally left Oklahoma because it was so barren. But I can't remember the name of it, but that was the first book that made me cry. And then The Red Fern Grows was the second. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. That one killed me. Yeah. I don't want to know a person that didn't cry during that. <laughs> yeah, that. I don't. I don't even think my kids have seen the movie. Wow! I think I'm gonna have to, you know, make them ball yeah. a little bit. <laughs> it's it's good yeah. to have a good cry at least, yeah. you know, a couple times. You should have them watch the Bridge to Terabithia too. That yeah. one we went read it in sixth grade. I think it was when my class read it. Mm. That one made me cry too. I think the first book that I can remember having like a devastating effect on me to where I was like upset for several days was Suzanne's Letters to Nicholas. Mm-hmm. Have you read that? Oh, yes. Now I remember it. Ah, oh, yes. I was not prepared for that ending. Yeah, the twist at the end, like, I won't spoil it for people that haven't read it, but it, like, it's already kind of sad, and then, you know, you get to the end, and it totally comes out left field if you're, I mean, some people can obviously call it, but I didn't see it coming, and I remember. Oh, no, I didn't either. I was devastated. Yeah, yeah I remember grabbing oh. the book and throwing oh, it across no. the room oh, no. and like yeah. not reading the very like last chapter for like three days afterwards because oh, I was just like upset. <laughs> I yeah, that I I've gone through that whole thing several times where you just have to put the book down, throw it across the room, walk away from <laughs> it, and come back. And you're like, okay, don't you upset me again, but it still upsets you, mm. and yeah. My mom, she reads way more than I do, and my favorite thing, like, in the world, I don't know why, I think it's just, like, the ornery, like, rebel in me, is to, mm-hmm. when I read a book that makes me ball, immediately just suggest it to my mom without any warning. Oh. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> like, Odd Thomas was a book that I, I said, I was like, oh my god, and I told her the premise, and she's like, ooh, that sounds really good, and then... um ooh. She called me at like eleven thirty at night and was like, "I hate you." <laughs> Seems like this was a Facebook post too, wasn't it? Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure she posted on Facebook and told everybody how she felt about me that day. But uh, <laughs> it was so funny because I didn't see it coming, you know, because it was kind of like an action. You don't expect it to be like devastating when it's kind of like an action adventure kind of book, and then. You know, it it pull, it didn't pull any punches. And then the next thing, you know, like, it, it's one of those books that when you read it, you're like, I got to share this with everybody I know that reads. And, um, it, yeah, it, it's there's something special. Like, I mean, movies are amazing, but there's something special about, like, the written word and how powerful it can be. Like, do you agree? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. 
perspective, some, not everybody sees the story the same way. Mm-hmm. So it takes them on an adventure, and the adventure is different for all of us. We all take different lessons and even quotes away from the book differently than the other person does. Yeah, um, and that even goes for, like, when I was younger, I read a bunch of books, and I never, like, there was not audiobooks as available as they are today and stuff. And I remember when I read Harry Potter, I thought it was Haramone <laughs> forever. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I mispronounced her name. I probably still don't say Haramone the right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. But I read all of those. I, that, that was my series growing up mm-hmm. that I love. But since then, I've found a new series that I've fallen in love with more than Harry Potter. Yeah. It's insane. And I feel like it's almost blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that was one of the series that I would have waited in line for every book had I been able to back then. Um, yeah. There was something. My mom and her best friend did. Oh, God. So that's oh, the wow. only reason why I read them. They went and waited in line. <laughs> Do you think there will ever be something like that again? Like with, you know. I'm sure at some point. I don't know when, but. And then again, there may not. It may be different because books are a little bit more available with having Kindles and ebooks now. Yeah. But may not. I think I feel about the way I do about Brandon Sanderson as I do about Harry Potter back then. Yeah. As far as like. Whenever I hear him talk about a new book, I get excited. And I'm like, ooh, I can't wait. That's good. Um, Do you have an author like that now? Yeah, I would say probably Sarah J. Moss is my author for that right now. Which She's the one that her, her Throne of Glass series oh, yeah. has taken the place of the Harry Potter series in my life. Um, and I actually, she just recently released a book um, called A Court of Silver Flames. It's sitting on top of my fireplace with a stack of books <laughs> to read. Um, but I haven't got started on it yet. It's her, that series is really, really good. I binge read the first three while I was sick a couple weeks ago, and I did not sleep much. <laughs> <laughs> but trying to keep up with like when her stuff comes out on top of like some other authors yeah. I keep up with, hers i definitely i'm excited to see what she's coming up with i've seen spoilers for a court of silver flames and it may possibly tie in throwing a glass character into that series and i'm stoked (laughs) (laughs) i already told my husband like if this happens i'm gonna become a super fan girl about it especially (laughs) if they turn it into a tv series or movie series like you're just going to have to put up with me being a little crazy for a little bit. <laughs> like, that was unusual. Yeah. Is there like a series or TV movie adaption of like a book that disappointed you? Oh, let me think. I mean, the Twilight movies, I had to quit comparing them to the book. Yeah, it's its um, own animal. The Shannara Chronicles is, I think, still on Netflix. I read that series, and it, like, the first season of it was, it was okay. Like, they mostly stuck to the storyline, but the second season, I was like, this does not happen in the book, <laughs> and it totally, like, aggravated me. 
I made myself finish watching it because I'm one of those people who's like, I have to finish it. I can't not finish it. <laughs> but I was like, not, I don't recommend that movie. Yeah. Especially well, if you've read the book. Now, if you haven't read the book and you watch it, you're good to go. Or maybe um, there is another one. What is it called? The Shadow Hunters? Mm-hmm. That was another one. Yeah. I could, there is a, it came out with a TV series. And I just couldn't, couldn't watch the TV series because it was so different from the book. It's yeah. like, no. Not working for me. Um, I think Divergent was one of those that really bummed me out. And I think it did a lot of people because they didn't even finish the series with the movies. Yeah, the box yeah. office on the second one just bottomed out. Oh, see, I, I have not read those books. I've heard so many good things about it, so many bad things about it. And then somebody was telling me about how bad the movies were. It's just like, you know what? I'll just put that on my file. So <laughs> I might eventually read it. Yeah. Well... It was one of those that, like, it almost ruined the dystopian future for people. You know, like, that that genre for a while. Yeah. Um, you didn't really see anything come out after that for a little bit. And you, you re- it kind of messed up the career for the main actress. Like, you didn't see her again till, uh what was it, uh, the, uh, just or not Justice League, uh, Suicide Squad. She, like, disappeared completely just about, didn't she? Um, I can't remember her name. I um, I don't remember her name either. So. <laughs> I'm but better. I know I mean, she wasn't on things a little bit. I think you're right. Yeah, um, I was kind of disappointed that The Giver wasn't given like a sequel. Um, I know that it had problems and stuff, but like me and my kids really enjoyed that movie when it came out. That was a good movie. I watched that and it, I really enjoyed it. Um, what's funny is you know, covers, like, you know, you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover, but that cover of, like, the older man um, forever was in, like, my elementary library and stuff, and I saw other people read it, but I thought it was, like, a, like, um, Gary Paulson kind of book, you know, like, the hatchet mm-hmm. and stuff. I didn't realize that it was, like, what it was, and, and so I passed it up forever and then read it as, like, an adult and was like, crap. <laughs> <laughs> So, is there any books that that you have almost read but couldn't make yourself because the cover was just dreadful? Um, not so much because of the cover. Um, because I made it like I challenged myself to read more indie authors, yeah, than uh, traditional authors' books a while back. So I've seen some pretty atrocious covers that have <laughs> had storylines in there. Um. But I've also come across books that have an amazing cover, and they've had crap for storyline. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, up there, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things that that um, I, I like. I I don't know if I could do it, but I've seen a lot of like booktubers, and they they do the um, they'll buy like the um, like really fancy like hardcover of a book because they love it so much. And I don't know. There's so many books out there that's really hard for me to buy, like the same book like more than once, <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. funds are limited. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think if I keep going at the rate I'm going, though, my wife's gonna only give me like a, <laughs> like, uh, you know, just give me a few bucks a month to buy books, and that's it. <laughs> I'll be cut yeah. off. <laughs> Here's five bucks. Come back whenever you spend this, and we'll talk. Yeah. <laughs> It's gotten so bad that the shelves are like almost 
Boeing. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> I've almost had to just start sticking them in tubs in the storage room. <laughs> I think I'm about there. I told my husband yesterday when I got, I was like, we're going to need some more bookshelves. He's like, no, we're not. You're going to have to get rid of books. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter was watching a booktuber that, you know, and I know it's kind of like a trend with them, but flipping the book backwards so you see, you know, the pages to mm-hmm. kind of tell you what you need to read, like what's on your to be read pile and uh i did that and i don't you know i don't recommend it because then it was overwhelming i was like holy crap there's so many books on that shelf that i have to read not there's not enough time you know yeah but um it's it's really cool to you know meet and have somebody on the show that shares the same passion as like writing and and just the the art of storytelling yeah, it's fun. I mean, it can get creative. It can get scary at times, like the game we played with you guys not too long ago. Or it just can take a crazy turn. Um, so, Josh, did you read the Hank the Cowdog books? Yeah, that was a long, long time ago, though. Yeah. Um, well, the author started, like, doing a YouTube channel um, where he reads to children. Mm-hmm. So have you ever, like, do you have a YouTube channel? Um, I don't. I've been considering getting one. I do have a TikTok. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've kind of been trying to get myself to lean towards utilizing my YouTube stuff. I have, I think, a couple of videos posted of me reading books. I'll have to look. Okay. Well, yeah, that that would, um, I think that's kind of neat that people are starting to do that, like, Especially during, you know, being everybody trapped inside for the most part. It's kind of fun to hear it from the author's perspective. Absolutely. I believe I've seen a couple of your videos on Facebook where you've uh, read like a chapter of a book at a time. Yeah. See, those I'm trying to utilize more. Absolutely. Everybody can have like a sample of what my work is. Yeah. So, like, in a world full of, like, authors and, and books that pile up, um, what kind of sets you apart in your own mind from other authors that are in your same, like, genre or that write similar stories to yours? I feel like I try to make my characters more realistic. Like, you could just walk into, like, a building, say, downtown, you can see what can you run into, like, Liz, for example, from my books, um really down to earth this regular person um even after she discovers um all her magical abilities and everything that she truly is she's still approachable like she doesn't change what she wears or anything because this is probably a little bit of spoiler she becomes queen in her world um but she doesn't change how who she is who her personality is or anything like she's still a regular person like you would meet every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but awesome. I feel like maybe that kind of sets my writing apart because I do make my characters more like approachable kind of people, like yeah. it's more realistic, but not if that <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> the the only time that I like usually like DNF a book other than it just being boring is because I can't stand the characters, like especially <laughs> the people they want you to like. And yeah, I've only read your first book, but 
I really enjoyed the characters. Like I, you know, I've, like you kind of said, I felt like they were real. I felt like they literally were breathing kind of sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I, I think that's a good, like, that's a really, you know, big compliment to your work and the way that you approach writing. Cause um, it, it's, it's hard to make a fictional person seem real. It makes it seem more alive. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, like I just, didn't, I really enjoyed the first book and I'm, you know, looking forward to reading the second one. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Like, you will love the next next books in the series. Like it, they, the story just gets a little bit crazier, yeah, more full of surprises. And I'm actually really excited for this next book in the series to drop next month. It's kind of the end of the focus on Liz, but there's more okay. coming after it. And and what was the title of this one? Um, so the l- latest one to drop, um, I did the cover reveal last week. It's yeah. called The Blood King. Okay. And that'll be available on Amazon, correct? Yes. It is available right now for pre-order for Kindle. Okay, awesome. Yeah, um, so another thing, like kind of regarding that, is that is it easier to to start a series or to write like the subsequent books in the series? Oh, that is a tough question. Yeah. Um, I think it's easier to start for me anyway, because you kind of have this idea already. It's when, like, I got to the end of the first book and I was like, okay, I can totally see the story going on. And I thought I was going to end it a book three, but the characters were like, no, we have another story. <laughs> And a lot of writers and authors don't know that feeling. The characters just kind of like take over your brain and like, nope, here we go again. Here's another adventure we're going to take you on. And so I find it like you get these new ideas, but it's definitely easier to start the series. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of, you just get, it takes, it runs away with you. So how do you keep yourself from like writing yourself in the corners when you're writing the series? (laughs) That is, sometimes I'm not good at that, <laughs> but um, I try to keep new ideas flowing. I watch and read a lot of stuff that's similar to what I write, so it kind of helps keep fresh ideas flowing in my head. Um, so what's what would you say the hardest part of the process is as far as writing? Editing. Yeah. I can totally write with having <laughs> hours and hours when I have to stop and go back through it, which I'm one of those, I will completely write the whole book first before I start working through edits and going back and correcting things. Mm-hmm. And it's just, sometimes I look at something I wrote and I'm like, what? what was I thinking here? What was I trying to portray? Like, um, I'm kind of the same way. Like I'll write something and then I'll read it back and I'm be like, Man, that sounds like a manifesto or something. I have to go back and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how that works. So when you read something out loud, how it's completely different than yeah. what it was in your head, and you're just like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, "This makes no sense." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we, you know, like we kind of do that sometimes with our um, podcast. Like when we're deciding things, you know, we'll have to think like three episodes ahead so we don't you know, make something and then regret it later. But, um, it's always, 
it always turns out okay, I think. So, um, about how long would you say it takes you, like, on average to, like, from the idea to the finished product, like, to finish your book? Um, as of late, because I have been lucky enough to have a few days where I'm sending my son to a, um, kind of like an early preschool program. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing a lot of writing during that time, but two to three months, maybe if I'm lucky, sometimes four. (laughs) So that's me sitting down and writing for like two or three hours and then maybe revisiting at the end of the day if my brain's not completely dead. (laughs) Um, and then working like on it on the weekends and stuff or at night. That's impressive. That's very impressive. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> is there a time like thinking about, you know, writing a book and stuff, like when I was writing the characters out and stuff, is there a time where, like, I, I haven't finished your series, so I don't know, um, and you don't have to give any spoilers, <laughs> but like, is there a time where you had to like kill off a character and it made you super sad because you didn't want to stop writing oh, that person? Oh, gosh. Yes. Yes. So be prepared for it. <laughs> There's a couple people. Oh no. Oh no. The last book I was actually the last book has one of the hardest ones for me. Um and I was Snapchatting one of my friends. Um he started reading on oh, back in the fall. He's the one that's wanting me to help him write a book. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just killed somebody off. <laughs> da, da. He's like, don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't ruin your mess for me. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have to tell somebody. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You, you got to get it out. And can't just post it on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. I think that shows you know how much time and stu- and thought you've invested in a character though if it's if it's hard if it was easy to kill off then i don't think it's worth them being in the book kind of you know what i mean yeah i wrote this scene and i had to step away from the computer <laughs> a little bit. like it like messed with me really bad i was just like oh my god like i was trying not to cry while oh, i was typing off the scene but i was like i've got to type it out just can't move on to the book. If I don't get this typed out, funny. I get to the big part. <laughs> so if if you had to pick, like, at least the main characters in your book um, as, like, a movie adaptation, who would you want to play them? Oh, Selena Gomez would be a perfect uh, Liz. <laughs> That's <laughs> I've awesome. I've had that thought in my head since I started writing the book. Because yeah. a lot of her songs fit with some of the storylines. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. She's got a unique mm-hmm. voice, too, so that would be cool. She does. And I think she's possibly going to retire from music, so. Yeah, I think hers is a big proponent of, like, mental health and just. Uh, privacy. Yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of times it's super hard for people to step away from something they love when it's when they can realize that it's become, you know, mentally damaging or at least not healthy. And um, Yeah. I think that's a very gutsy move, and I don't think people get enough credit for when they're able to do that. No, and I definitely, like, support her stepping away like that. Because, I mean, we all have to make those big changes. When we're in a, something that becomes toxic to us, Yeah, it's better for us to leave. Well, I mean, even Michael Jordan had to step away from basketball because of it. So, okay. I mean, you know, if the GOAT can do it, I guess anybody, <laughs> you know, needs to that needs to do it should do it 
But um, yeah, yeah. I what? Okay, so this is a viewer question, but I'm going to ask you anyway because I've been thinking. Um, what what does success mean to you, and what is your definition of success? Like, when will you have made it? You know, in your mind. Mm, I would like to be one of Amazon's bestsellers. And I know one day I probably will be once I have a like solid fan base and everything behind me. But honestly, I feel like I've already made it just by publishing a book. Yeah. Because it takes a lot of courage and strength to put something you poured your heart into Mm -hmm. out there for other people to read and to leave comments on like Mm -hmm. reviews and stuff. Because sometimes some of those reviews, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to cry now. Yeah. Um, so, so, like, that's the biggest step. And, I mean, it can only get better from here. It's going to have its challenges. But I, I enjoy the whole writing process. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, um, it's like when we make a podcast episode, uh, um, at the moment, we have a social media manager, but we don't, like, we edit our own stuff. And I, my biggest like the thing that frustrates me the most is editing and it's not because it's hard. It's not because I can't, you know, I'm not good at it or anything. It's just because I have to listen to my voice for hours and hours. And uh, yeah. so like, you know, but you know, once it's a finished product, there's a certain level of pride when you push publish, you know, like, I, I don't know. Um, do you kind of like celebrate in any special way when you publish a book? Yes, I do. I kind of go on a, <laughs> kind of like a binge reading spree sometimes <laughs> or I'm just like, I'm not going to look at any of this stuff or like I finished doing like a pre-edit round before I sent the blood team manuscript to my editor last week. Yeah. And I spent all weekend at my parents' house, just like <laughs> hanging out, doing a whole lot of nothing. I read some books and just, we did a lot of stuff outside. It was actually really nice there. Mm-hmm. So that was, that's kind of one of my ways to celebrate. I go and just do stuff outdoors. So do you ever write outside or is it just strictly like at your computer? Um, I So I've been switching off lately between my old laptop, which is super slow now, yeah. and my husband's desktop that I took over. <laughs> <laughs> um, only because it's faster, but there's days like today I wanted to be outside, but I'm inside mm-hmm. working on stuff and painting the house but i'll take my laptop and sell the yard and just type yeah i know that it it can kind of fresh air there's something about it josh goes to the park and paints when yeah when he feels inspiration well it's just nice you get completely out of your comfort zone and you uh get out and like you said the fresh air and it just seems Mm -hmm. like you know everything's inspiring outside there's oh yeah you know yeah, there's no more natural beauty than that surrounds you outside, mm-hmm. you know, and especially here in Oklahoma, um, you know, it's, we have a lot of things to be thankful for. I think we have a lot of pretty surroundings and sometimes it's easy to take them for granted. I agree. I totally took advantage of it when I was younger and now I'm, I completely appreciate it differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a little bit of everything, um. If you want desert, we got a little bit of desert. You, you want yeah. lakes, we got plenty of those. You got trees and mountains, the plains, and yeah. yeah. So, come vacation in Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> There's my announcement for the day. I guess <laughs> advertise yes. free advertisement for the state of Oklahoma. <laughs> Don't go to Texas. Texas is horrible. <laughs> it's hot. It's hot. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's where Texas <laughs> University is. So. <laughs> you just lost half of our viewers because you made oh, me yes. say horns down. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah. So let's see. Okay, so can you tell us the names of your fir- of of all your books that you've published so far? Yes. So I have um, Breaking Traditions, The Shifter and the Mage is my standalone novel. And then I have the Fae Shifter series, which Releasing Her Power Within is the first book. Um, Unleashed is the second book. Then there's Revealed, which is the third book. And the fourth book to come out next month is The Blood King. And then I have three short stories currently published. Um, One is titled New Path. One is Creative Intent, and then another is Dog Park Sifting. So, um, can you um, can you tell us? I don't know if you can, but do you have something else in the works or uh, something planned out for this next? I do actually. I've got a couple things in the works. So, my main one I'm going to focus on right now is one about Ember. I have no idea what I'm going to call the title or anything <laughs> yet. That's still like a work in progress. I'm starting the story. I actually started it this morning. Um, she is, her parents agreed for her to marry the Alpha's son when she was a baby and they went into this contract mm-hmm. and made a contract where she has to be with him even if they're not mates. So she's, the book's starting out, she's training for it and they come upon a burned down house and she hasn't shifted yet they're trying to force her wolf to surface but later in the book her wolf will come out but it's not a wolf it's a hellhound <laughs> oh wow that's <laughs> so awesome yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting story she's actually gonna be um one of booster's daughters so it's just kind of building from there right now mm-hmm. then i have another one i'm working on that's going to be mostly a romance story, mm-hmm. but it's got a lot of pieces of like, a lot of the characters are based off some of my friends growing up. And the story is kind of going to be an emotional roller coaster, but it starts off with the main character. She walks in on the, on her boyfriend for like a year or so, and he's living with her. He's cheating with her roommate, best friend. She walks in and catches him. And we used to go home, trying to figure out what she's going to do. She decides she's going to move back home, find a job there, and just forgo the life she was living and just start new, start fresh. Mm -hmm. But she's also got to deal with all the stuff from her past that's coming up now that she's trying to start over again. She left her hometown to start a new life, to be away from everybody, and now she's coming back to start over again. You were talking about you had friends that you uh, used for inspiration in the book. Um, mm-hmm. You think you might put Aaron and I in the book? Or? <laughs> hey, you never know. The annoying radio announcers that come across the radio when she's driving. <laughs> you, you guys might end up in there. There's a lot of people still coming into it. I've actually got it's about maybe 60 pages of it typed. It gets going to be a longer one, which mm-hmm. is kind of why it's not my main focus. Mm-hmm. It's not an easier one for me to write. Yeah. Um, but it's just now getting into like the first like real super crazy scene where fights are going to happen because they're in a bar 
and it's all the friends are getting back together. So all the crap from their high school past is going to come up. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're all drinking and yeah. trying to carry on and stuff. And it's just going to be a little crazy. That tends to happen sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of using the inspiration off because I had my um, senior class reunion not too long ago. I'm kind of using a little bit of like what happened there yeah. <laughs> to inspire this one. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm not saying anything like bad no. happened. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff around us in the bar happened. Yeah. But. <laughs> um, I think the last two times I've been to a bar, it's been a long time ago, but um, I remember the last time I was there, I seen uh, like a, lady break up with her fiance oh gosh and then um the time before that i saw a guy get exposed for cheating by a girl that had like lured him with you know his wife's help to the bar or whatever so yeah yeah that's interesting yeah (laughs) and i was like why me like why do i have to be here when drama ensues like why can't i just come here why can't people break into sea shanties or something cool that you see in the movies this is nothing like cheers at (laughs) all yeah no my brother i was standing next to him uh, because he him and his friends decided they were going to come to the bar that night too oh no and i don't know what happened but fight broke out to the left of me and he yanked me out of there because okay my little brother i call him my little big brother because he's like six three <laughs> and i'm just a short five foot four girl what, what happened he yanked me out of there and he i guess whoever was breaking into the fight punched my brother in the face and oh, like no. i just like they kept pushing me back away from the group but i'm just like but that is my little brother like i can't just like leaving but Feels good. <laughs> That's funny. And if he ever hears this, he's probably going to complain to me. <laughs> so, like, say you're in the supermarket and inspiration hits you for a character or a situation in one of your books. Um, <laughs> do you have like a notebook or do you have your phone or how do you like? I have both. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'll whip a little because I've got this little pocket notebook in my um, purse. I'll whip that out, or if I've got my phone on my hand, a lot of times I'll put my grocery list on my phone. Mm-hmm. And I'll just type the idea at the bottom of it. Or, like, <laughs> I see a scene, like a, somebody talking to another, and it gives me an idea for a scene. I'm like, okay, yep, that's going to go in the book, too. So, <laughs> Alexa, add this to my book. I my husband out the other day because, like, I was doing something, and he said something, and I was like, oh. Oh, I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "What? What just happened?" He's like, "I got an idea. I got to write it down before I forget it." <laughs> That's how I picture living with like Eminem would be, you know, oh, like just having a conversation with him, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Hey, stop! Say that again!" And then you know, writing it down. <laughs> uh, creatives, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so. Where are you from originally, did you say? I am originally from Idaho, Oklahoma. Um, I went to school at Hayworth in small, tiny, tiny towns. Um, so that's really like that area, the trees and like all the nature and stuff up around Broken Bow Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, Town. That's yeah. where my inspiration for my scenery came from for my novels. Because it's really, I mean, it's changed a lot since tourist stuff has boomed in the last 10 years. Yeah. But my ideas are based off of what I grew up in. Yeah. We, 
like I think last year or the year before, I can't remember. It might have been two years ago. We uh, vacationed in Hochatown and went and stayed at, I think, one of the Broken Bow uh, cabins. It was a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, they're nice. They're, there's a lot of cabins now compared to what there used to be. Yeah, it, it's a, it was raining the entire time we were there, but we enjoyed the cabin. Yeah. <laughs> we couldn't do anything that we set out to do, but it turned out to be fun anyway. Uh, the hot tub became a pool for my kids. They decided that that's yeah. where they were going to go swimming, which was interesting. But um, it was hey, like, it works. yeah, I mean, totally. if you can't go out to the lake, like that's there. You, the hot tub is a better choice. Yeah. It was like a like a chilly like low fifty, oh, uh, you know, like look warm hot it, tub. No, I mean I the outside. I have not jumped in those, that lake with it being like that. Because <laughs> um, my dad actually made the comment this week is spring break for Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Man, it's so cold." I was like, "Dad, we used to be at the lake during this time." <laughs> and like, there's pictures. We have pictures from the past, and like the water would be freezing. Yeah. Like. And we'd still be out there on it, out there in it, freezing our tails off, like <laughs> swimming to the bottom to get golf balls over by the golf course. And oh. yeah, when I was younger and not as smart, I um and actually could fit in one. I used to wear a wetsuit and go ride the sea doo like when it was cold outside. Oh gosh, <laughs> not anymore. You, you couldn't catch me. Yeah. Well, for one, I couldn't fit in a wetsuit, but. They, uh, you wouldn't catch me anywhere near the water <laughs> when it's like, you know, 50, 40 degrees no. outside. <laughs> Not me either. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Yeah. I, I won't hardly even go to the mailbox whenever it gets that cold. It's like, no. It's like, no, the mail can wait. Yeah. I remember wearing shorts when it would snow outside. Oh, like, gosh. my mom oh. used to make fun of me all the time because I was always outside in shorts. And oh. now it's like, if, if I leave the air conditioner on too long, <laughs> And on like a you know on a warmer day i i have to go mm-hmm. outside to warm up <laughs> yes so, so were you one of those hoodies and shorts guys no i was <laughs> oh well, i mean occasionally but my sister was she wore flip-flops all the time and it would be oh, like 100 God. degrees and she would have a hoodie on oh gosh oh wow <laughs> yeah my oldest does that she wore a sweater yesterday when it was 70 degrees outside and i was no. like what is wrong with you <laughs> It was nice yesterday. It's nice today, yeah. too. Yeah. It's got real nice after that blizzard went away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was not fun. I would not recommend that ever happening again. But oh, I hope it never does. Yeah. Have you noticed the weather has been getting weirder? And, like, it seems like our seasons don't fall in the same months that they used to. No, they don't. It's almost hard to determine when exactly, like, spring is going to start or mm. summer. And I'm really hoping summer's not brutal this year. Yeah. Because after the snow and stuff that we've had, I'm kind of worried it's going to be. Yeah. I we, think we, oh, go ahead. we just need some chill weather. Like yeah. this right now mm-hmm. would be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I love spring because it's, it's, well, I love spring, but I hate the wind. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. when it's 30 when mile it's per hour wind outside, it's really hard to like do anything fun. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was thinking, this is probably the first year in Paul's Valley that it hasn't flooded in February. Yeah. It it, it was just a snowstorm instead. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which one you'd rather have, but a lot of That's rain true. or cold. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm worried. I, last year, I think, was the first summer that we didn't have to, like, not swim <laughs> because of the bacteria cultures because it was so freaking hot. Mm-hmm. Or, like, yeah. I think it's sulfur 
was it last year or the year before that it dried up for like the first time in like 30 years? I think years? it was last year, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. The, uh, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, but thankfully, hopefully, <laughs> we'll, we'll have a mild summer. <laughs> so. Yes, I'm crossing my fingers. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't do well in like high heat, and mm. but I also don't like humidity. So I guess I'm just I. Well, I humidity. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we've you know been on Earth for thousands of years, and allergies are still you know like the Earth is still mm-hmm. trying to kill us. Yeah. Yep. If, if we only we could get rid of like pollen and mold, yeah. and or let's just become like not you know yeah, yeah not, not devastated by its effects. That would be perfect. Yeah. So what's your favorite time of year? Um, I'm going to, I would say spring or fall just because of the temperatures being so mild. Um, now I don't like tornadoes. I that. <laughs> <laughs> like cold the tornadoes and I'm perfectly happy, but like everything blooming and turning green again and just the temperatures being decent in spring and then watching all the leaves change colors in the fall. Like mm-hmm. those are just, they're perfect. Like, Perfect times, not too cold, not too warm, most of the time. Anyway, yeah. I think it's funny because without the horrible tornadoes, it would almost be perfect in springtime. Mm-hmm. But it's oh, almost yeah. like the world's like, ah, I can't let you have yeah. too much fun. <laughs> I gotta yeah. throw in some you natural disasters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So have you ever witnessed? Like they're the- adding a little spice. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, just sprinkle in, you know, a few hundred tornadoes a year. No yeah. big deal. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we can't let them get too comfortable. Yeah. We have to instill impending doom in them, you know. <laughs> so, like, have you ever witnessed one up close or anything? Um, yes, actually. The, uh, so, probably, like, one of, I hope never happens again. Ter- <laughs> never recommend anybody trying to outrun a tornado. And <laughs> um, the vortex tornado back. Oh, the year that the more tornado happened to, mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly what year it was. I decided that I didn't want to stay in the apartment that we were in because if we were going to get hit, I didn't want to, because we were on the bottom floor, oh, I didn't gosh. want to get smothered to death by the breeze. <laughs> so I got the dogs and I got in my car and got stuck in traffic, mm. little ways outside of Tinker. And I had see like this cloud swirling and stuff behind me. And I was one of those people that I got on the side of the road. <laughs> And drove back all the cars that were still not moving. And I was just like, I don't care if I'm in the ditch. I don't want to die. <laughs> so, cried my eyes out, trying to figure out where to go. Because my in laws, they were out of the country at the time. And I did not know they were out of the country. Because oh, I was headed to go to their cellar. <laughs> I knew they had a tornado shelter. And I was like, I'm going there. They weren't home. So I was like, crap, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> so, I was trying to call around. And my husband was working in Bethany at the time. They were already over in the church in the cellar. I was like, okay, I can't get a hold of him to figure out where to go. And thankfully, his best friend's mom <laughs> reached out to me. I called her. She gave me directions to her house with a bone my eyes out. <laughs> and we got in her neighbor's tornado shelter. Oh, and I'm holding my dogs. We were safe. It was just like, that was, it was horrible. But <laughs> yeah, I don't care how long you've lived in Oklahoma and how many tornadoes you've seen. Uh, an F four or F five, like nothing prepares you for that no, kind of not at all. Like, no. massive, like un. It's almost like 
just a, I, they call it an act of God for a reason. You know, it's one of those things that you see and you're just like, that's majestic, it's terrifying, and I hate it at the same time. Yes. <laughs> well, and the funny thing like, is, nope. it's all, a big nope thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all get used to it, and then it blindsides us being that big, mm-hmm. massive, you know. Yeah, especially yeah. when they tell you how many miles across it is and stuff, and you're just like, oh, something yeah. can't possibly be that big. Yeah. And, and that's why I was like, I'm not staying in this apartment. <laughs> no, I don't want to die here. Yeah. We ended up like sitting and like everything missed the apartment. But because my husband, when he finally made it back to the apartment at the time, he said everything was flooded around it. He oh, was wow. lucky because one of the roads he had driven across, like it sank in on itself. But Dang. him and everybody there were without power mm-hmm. for like a couple of days. Like I went back the next day. But we didn't have power for two or three days. Mm. It was miserable because it was hot yeah. and humid. Yeah. I, my cousin, he lived in an apartment building. I can't remember where it was, um, but it was somewhere along the line that got hit. And he was going to move out. And then I heard about it on the radio and heard where it was headed. And I was like, oh, crap. So um, I couldn't get a hold of him. I'm sure his phone was blowing up. But uh then after, you know, I saw the devastation, I called him again. I was just like, you know, let me know something. Text me. You're okay. Whatever. Um, he had moved out the day, like, or oh like gosh. three hours or four hours before it happened <laughs> that day. <laughs> yeah. And so he wasn't there. He was already, you know, wherever he'd moved to. And it was just like it, that apartment that he was in it was gone. <laughs> so it was like, wow. oh, no. It was time for him to leave, yeah. definitely. Talk about, you know, like a <laughs> higher calling type thing, yeah. you know, a situation where God's not done with you yet kind of feeling. <laughs> yeah. That is scary. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I don't know what you did, but you did something right. Yeah. <laughs> the permission to move. Because I don't think it was like, you know, like the end of the month or whatever where he was like just not paying the contract. I think he broke the contract and everything. So. Oh. Wow. He was like, I totally, I promise, I didn't know anything. <laughs> like, I didn't have like insider trading going on. I just him and got God, lucky. Him and God planning, yeah. planning that out completely. Yeah, you know, yeah. he walked walked outside, and the shapes of the leaf on his front porch or whatever were in like a get arrow. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, time to go. Yeah, got to pack my bag. Something's coming. <laughs> oh it's funny when you get like weird feelings like that, though. Yeah, you don't is. know what's hap- what's going to happen, but you know something bad's coming. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it saves your life. <laughs> so, well, we have some listener questions that we were got, we ask around and ask if anybody had any questions that they'd like us to ask you, and we got a couple. So, you want um, to answer those for us? Sure. Okay. Uh, so. Um, I already read you the first one about success, but how do you handle literary criticism? <laughs> Sometimes I cry, but I try to take, like, I try to see some of them. Mm-hmm. Like, some reviews I have, they basically tell you the hard truth. Um, like, one was an off- a writer was telling me, basically, like, I'm holding back um, to not hold back, let it all out, mm-hmm. uh, just put all of yourself into it. And I've been trying to do that. It's still a work in progress. Yeah. Um, but sometimes the hard truth hurts. Mm-hmm. But I would rather have it than somebody to give me fluff 
say, oh, this is the best book in the world when you're like, no, no, it's not. How do you really feel about it? Like, just give it to me straight. Yeah. But it sucks. And I cry sometimes, but I get past it and I try to do better. Yeah. I think there's a fine line between like knowing when to like go with your gut and like not change a something and then give in to like the critics and change adapt or, you know, develop a character further. Yeah. Um, do you think you have good instincts on that? I feel like I'm learning. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I do, I do. I have to remind myself that I'm writing my books more for me, mm-hmm. not just the readers. Um, and that if I'm not okay with something, I write a book. It's okay to just scrap it and do something else with it. So if I don't like how I write like a male character or a female character and I don't like where it's going, I'll just scrap it, restart, write in a different light or whatever. What was your favorite and least favorite part of the publishing journey? Ooh. Mm. The editing. Definitely going to have to say the editing. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's so drawn out. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to go over the manuscript so many times. And I've learned that I can't do it by myself. Mm -hmm. So it's easier to reach out to have somebody help you. Like, have beta readers look over it and then have an editor do it. And then maybe look it over that, have it looked over twice with an editor. Mm -hmm. Ooh, it's a lot of work. (laughs) Because I do a pre-edit. I go through it, read it Mm -hmm. a couple times. Into beta readers sometimes, sometimes I don't. Mm-hmm. It kind of depends on if I can get some of them before I want to send it to my editor, <laughs> and then I send it to my editor. Yeah. So, what are some of your favorite hobbies outside of reading and writing? Um, I like to go hiking. I'm working on picking up gardening a little more because I did that when I was younger with my grandpa and mm-hmm. my dad did it too. I like to go horseback riding when I can. Or go camping and be out on the lake and stuff. Yeah. It's a lot of outdoorsy stuff. I was pretty much raised on the lake, so, I mean, I totally yeah. understand that. My, kind of me. I have to go. If I'm having a stressful day, we have a pond down the road from our house in our neighborhood. I just sit down there. <laughs> so do you, um like, RV camp or is it tent camping? Um, It's been a while. We've been staying in the cabin. Stuff, oh, okay. Like it's because we have a young one, yeah. and my husband refuses to sleep in the tent. But I'm like, <laughs> come on, you gotta have the full experience. So we're eventually hoping to get like a camper or an RV. Yeah. Well, it, let me tell you, I don't know if you've done it before, but once you go RV, you can't. It's hard to go back. Yeah, it is. We use a um, we did tent camping and um, RV camping when I was a kid, yeah. and that's how we spent. My dad would take. I mean, it was, we had a camper for a long time. He would take and park the camper up at the start of the summer, like while we were finishing softball and stuff. Mm-hmm. My best friend, dad, and then did it too. So we'd park our campers right next to each other. We'd clean that space and we'd drive back and forth for school until <laughs> the summer was out uh-huh. and just hold that spot for as long as we can. <laughs> and then we'd move it and like do it again a couple later, like weeks later. So It's funny how like your brain works as a kid and you like the length of time. Is a lot longer, like in short periods, than mm-hmm. like when you're an adult, you realize, oh, that was only like a, like two months. But um, yeah, I feel like my grandparents. I don't know how, <laughs> like time wise, they spent as many hours at the lake as I think they did, and where they can't, you know, they can't. It seemed like they camp like you know three hundred of the three hundred sixty five days, but I know <laughs> that can't be true. 
But it seems like Probably we were always camping. <laughs> yeah. And it seems like we were always there. I don't know how they afforded that either, but I guess it used to be a lot cheaper. Today it's ridiculous. Yeah, I think that. it, I know our, like, Broken Bow's camping spots, I know they pay, they're charging fees now. Yeah. But when I was a kid, um, if you went and stayed out on the water where there were no electrical hookups and stuff, I think it was free yeah. for a long time. But now they're, they're charging, which sucks. Yeah, yeah. now <laughs> they started charging just they to visit. Park maintenance. That, yeah, that's definitely kind of one thing that the newer generations are missing is like just going out and camping like we used to do. Yeah, yeah. they they are missing that because that was a lot of like me growing up was mm-hmm. camping out and being at the lake. My oldest uh, is still in room with my uh, other daughter, um, oh. and. Eventually, we're going to try to build her another room on. But uh, I told her, until then, if she gets tired, she can always just camp in the backyard with our <laughs> tent because it's like a six-person tent. I mean, you know, as far as tent camping goes, it's pretty, you know, posh living. <laughs> and we got, like, a queen air mattress. And I told yeah. her this, and she just rolled her eyes at me. And I was like, no, you know, I thought, you know, she would jump on it because I would have at that age. <laughs> yeah. Like, heck, yeah, I'll this, have a tent. my house. You all stay yeah. out there. Run the extension cord out there for the phone. <laughs> in the freaking open when i was a kid we'd just like take a blanket out there and lay on it i think my favorite part is one time we got real fancy my dad brought the church um uh projector and we played uh madden on the side of the camper one night and (laughs) we were like the envy of all the kids in the camp in the campsite (laughs) yeah that was that was good fun Mm so um describe your perfect book like hero or heroine like um do you have somebody from a book that you've always just kind of held close yes and this is going to go back to my favorite book series the throne of glass series and i aelin galanthia and i probably did not pronounce her name right so i'm sorry to anybody who else who's read this series (laughs) she goes from being taken in as a kid by an assassin, raised as an assassin, um, and basically like secretly, nonchalantly finding ways to eventually she undermines the, in, the ultimate enemy and reclaims her crown and her land and defeats the, the major enemy yeah. or enemies at the end of the book. And she has to go through so much change and so so much crap that almost killed her oh, gosh. and I'm just like how how do you she stayed on top of it but she's such a strong female and she's also a very powerful fae and she just she's hard not to love yeah so if you uh, had to be shipwrecked on a deserted island but all your human needs were such as food and water were taken care of uh, what two items would you want to have with you? A Kindle loaded with books. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe a blanket. <laughs> Definitely like a solar solar powered battery that you could use for the Kindle. Yeah. Would be yeah. Awesome. <laughs> like I think if you gave me like a out of battery. Yeah. <laughs> if you get a solar powered battery, um that on you know, that you could live it. pretty pretty nicely on an island if you mm-hmm. had any kind of electronics you know yeah. <laughs> yeah that's funny those are pretty good choices yeah. so um uh i think josh has one more question for you 
What do you think about okay. what do you think about garden gnomes? Garden gnomes, I actually have one on my counter. <laughs> <laughs> I painted it, um, and I was going to put it out there with my little garden. Mm-hmm. I ha- so I bought a greenhouse. I was going to have a greenhouse mm-hmm. with the gnome in it. <laughs> the wind totally destroyed my greenhouse because oh, it was gosh. a little bit on the cheaper side, and it's in pieces still in the backyard. <laughs> I haven't moved it yet. <laughs> so I have no idea what I'm going to do with my little gnome guy. Well, yeah. Yeah, there's uh, actually an artist that came from California that that got these little. I think it's like four inches by two inches, um, little pieces of wood, and Mm -hmm. um, painted like little gnomes all over. Like I mean, like you know, one on each of the deals, like uh, little men and little women, and then he he nailed them to the bottom of the light posts and stuff in the like alleyways, yeah, yeah, random places of downtown. Oh my god. And apparently he did it in a whole bunch of cities, and Paul's Valley was just one of the ones. So if you find him, um, it's, the, it's the same guy, and he just said that the reason why he's doing it is because he just wanted to spread love and, mm-hmm. like, curiosity. That is actually really neat, and I like that. Yeah, I love stuff like that. Um, we were actually just talking to our last guest about this guy that dresses up as a wizard in the New York City subways. <laughs> um and oh, grants wishes, you know. <laughs> but he said that he just wants to spread kindness. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, people that do that, they just, you know, they're golden-hearted people are just, you know, very well much needed mm-hmm. right now and um, yeah. are a light, like, like a light beacon, you know, to say, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you can't see it, but he's been pointing to himself this whole time. I've been <laughs> but um, so that, I guess we'll do it. I, I'm so glad we had you on. It's been a lot in the working. We, we've got one more question. Yeah. It's the mandatory question we ask everybody. Yeah. What's your favorite breakfast food? Mm, bacon, eggs, and a biscuit and gravy with hash brown. Oh man, the whole the whole deal. That's good. Yeah, you can't go. You can't just have one. Yeah, that that's one thing you and I have in common. Like our, <laughs> our love, our love for boomerang. Yeah, <laughs> so, we no. were actually supposed to um, video this for people listening. We were supposed to do this in boomerang. Um, I think we still probably could get together eventually and do like a part two. Yeah. That'd be cool with you. Um, I've got more books coming out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would love to do like a book giveaway or something, or a drawing or something. And uh, absolutely. Yeah, so um, we'll we'll kind of get with you on that. And um, for anybody that's listening, uh, how can they find your books? How can they find you? Or like, what social media platforms are you on? Well, I am on a lot of different social media: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat. Um, I'm also a Goodreads and BookBub, but you can find all of the links and everything to my books, to my web, like to all of my social media on my website at the www.thechaptergoddess.com. So that's the best way to find everything. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so if you're not um, buying her books, then you're not doing life right. Just saying. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure, but um, seriously, go buy her stuff. Correct this right now. Go do it. Yeah. If you love, (laughs) if you really love anybody around you, if you love your parents, if you love your kids, buy them a copy too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's fun for the whole family. So thank you so much, Maddie. We really do appreciate you. And you've kind of been, um, 
like well, a friend of the show we've really like loved and enjoyed watching your stuff on facebook and just like you, you know where you've come I've since enjoyed we met. talking and chatting with you guys yeah. yeah it's a lot of fun and i I think um, I think people are going to really love what we talked about in our episode with you. I, I really do think they'll request a you know an episode two and kind of like when you get further on the next couple books, we'll love to have you back on. Absolutely, awesome. All righty, well, thank you so much for um, talking with us today, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Yes, ma'am. Have a great day. All right, thanks, guys. Yeah, All right, bye bye. Well, that was Maddie DeGraff, and um, a little backstory to that whole situation. We were supposed to meet at a boomerang and kind of do a boomerang travel episode, and it just the coronavirus happened. Yeah, I think <laughs> I, was it because we were, I was sick. I, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember either. I I can't recall, but I know that it was something that we just couldn't do, yeah. and it was something that then we rescheduled and it didn't work out. And mm -hmm. so I think this is the third time that we've gotten in contact with her. And luckily we were all, she free. was, she was our white well for the longest yeah. time, but we finally got her. Yeah. We I enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but really go check out her stuff. And, um, if you have any questions, you can find her on Facebook. She's very open to answering questions. Absolutely. And she's a blast. She's yeah. Blast. She's very sweet and we appreciate, um, her being on. So until then you can check us out on, um, Facebook Live every Monday and 7 p.m. Central Time. Yes, we have uh, a lot of fun and we put a lot of work into those shows. So if you can at least just go check it out, give us a like, follow us on Facebook, and go on Twitch. And it's Diner Discussion Pod. Check us out. Watch our videos. Even if you don't like video games, you know, just talk to us. <laughs> and we're also on YouTube. Yep. We're um, going to start doing more. We've actually got a schedule going. Mm hmm. And what other social medias are we on? Are, uh, Twitter, um, Twitch, yeah, um, and TikTok, which, you know, we're going to start, I think next week is when we're going to start pumping oh, out videos. I'm excited about that. Jo been, Josh is going to wear tiny hats and dance. I'm going to wear so many things, guys. <laughs> he's got, he, he's already, he's been buying on Amazon and going <laughs> to thrift stores, finding little hats to wear just for you guys. Absolutely. All right. So. We'll see you next time, and um, just listen to our old episodes if you get a little lonely tonight. Y'all have a great night. <laughs> Bye.